Love Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome, friends. I'd like to welcome you to You Are Okay, powered by Blog Talk Radio. My name is Bob, and here with us this morning is our co-host, Mara. Good morning, Mara. Oh, I forgot to turn her on air. Good morning, Mara. Good morning, everyone. How are you this morning? I'd like for us all to start off our day by saying three times three magic words that we seem to forget, if we can, before we even begin the program. Let's try I am okay together three times out loud. I am okay. I am okay. I am okay. Thank you. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. I am okay. The this morning we we picked a topic that's called discourage and insecurity impossible in the light. And kind of to bring us into the moment, what we'd like to do is to start with a little bit of meditation music and to while we do our breathing exercise this morning. So we're going to start that off with uh, Been a Good Day by Detlef Schwerter. The <clears throat> which is our intro music on when Mara does the show in the weekdays. <clears throat> the I'm trying. I'm sorry, Bob. I guess we're just going to have blips on the screen here. Ah, uh, I guess I hit it. Maybe you hit it at the same time. But let's just focus our energy into into the middle of our body and focus on our lungs and on our heart and feeling our heartbeat. And let's take some deep breaths together this morning. Let's take a very deep, deep breath. And, and as we inhale through our nose, feel that as if we're a tree and we're pulling in water through our roots. And that water is the air, the oxygen that comes into our body. And we pull that in through our root, through the roots, through our toes and through our feet, into our calves and into our um, lower extremities and we pull that through into our hips and then through our hips and into our midsection and up through our midsection and into our lungs and we fill our lungs with the air and we feel that air just ready to pull out through our clavicle bones and we feel that oxygen coming up through our head and now as we let that air out we let the air out and we blow it out of our mouth And as we blow the air out of the mouth, we release all negativity that is around us. We think about the power of the Spirit, the power of the Divine One, and we find that fine balance as we blow that negative energy out of our body. And we blow that air back out and we blow that across the top of our head and down the back of our back. And we empty our lungs completely get all of that stale air that's in our lungs. Think about when we breathe on a daily basis. We don't really breathe deep like we should when when we're doing the breathing exercises. We We want to replace all of the air out of our lungs with new air. So as you continue to breathe, think of pulling water, pulling 
the power that's in water through your body as it does in the roots of a tree and into the core of the tree creating the leaves and the sun down on top of those leaves and making green and making the leaves have buds and flowers and all the beautiful things that we're able to see with our eyes and think of the health and the life that you're getting from the oxygen think of the the peace that you feel with the oxygen coming through your body and gener generating new cells and regenerating the cells that you have in your body now and take think of happy thoughts of a pool of water of uh, a beautiful night with the full moon and looking out at the full moon and think of how your body is healing with all the oxygen that you're bringing into We are having a music nightmare here, and I do apologize, Bob, but I, I'm going to have to try to get this to turn off. Let's see, I just hit stop, so if we'll just Thank do, you. we'll let that breath out, last breath, and um. And with that, if we'll just listen to the music, find that as you do your breathing exercise this morning and talk a little bit first kind of focus our thinking before we hopefully the music will now stop um, I have no idea what's going on this morning it, you know I think sometimes we just need to go with the flow and today's topic is certainly going to be one about going with the flow and just relaxing I think so often my friends we embrace the discord the dis, D-I-S-E's in a moment, and we allow it to totally encompass and embrace the moment. And in doing that, we lose track of our peace. And this breathing exercise that Bob just has taken us through with various cacophonious interruptions is so wonderful because it reminds us of how our days are most of the time when we're trying to focus and be in the moment and those little things that just pop up and how to how we need to actually take those breaths to not allow that focus to come into our life and let us live in that moment and be able to see past those those things that happen in our day. Exactly. Exactly. We are novices with using music on the radio, and also we are novices today in that we are using two different switchboards. And uh, I'm not going to touch the switchboard anymore. We're going to let Bob do the switchboard for himself. Uh, it seems like it seemed like it would work great that we could, you know, when we're in our moment of talking, that someone else could handle the other side. But it's not happening for some yeah. reason, and so we're going. To <laughs> Yeah, and so for that, my friends, we send you our apologies. But 
we we need to focus for just a second. Let's grab the synopsis of what Bob was sharing. Forgive our initiate ways here in the way of radio. We can talk, but we can't seem to do the part. In the old days when I was part of radio, there was someone else running the switchboard, and so Bob and I are learning a lot of new skills here. And but let's it's all about not allowing those kinds of things. And I personally believe there is no accident in the world and that every opportunity is presenting us a chance either to reach up to our highest selves or not. And in this instance we've had this kind of odd startup. So let's go back for just a second. Uh and uh Maybe we'll sort out the music situation and maybe we won't because really we'll use uh, some real meditation music with Yesay Georges later. But let's let's pull that energy through your tree branches and and pull it up through your body, allowing those blooms to come, the full beauty of the universe to come through you and, and the glory of you and remembering I am enough. And then as you're breathing out, alming down, allow those blossoms to drop because those are moments that are gone. And now you're preparing for new moments in your life. Allow the fears and everything else that encumbers you to drop and go out and go down back into the roots, through the roots into the earth. And then let's do a preliminary opening ourselves up today, kind of moving your shoulders back so that your heart's exposed. And let's thank everyone for coming. Because through our combined energy, we are beginning this revolution of love. I think what is unique about Bob and my program is that we're reminding everyone that they don't have to do anything. They don't have to read a scholarly text. They don't have to do anything. Just exist. You are enough just as you are, the lowest among us and the highest among us. And now let's send our thoughts to those around the world who are joining with us during this meditative practice, during this morning show. We can feel you in our hands as we reach them out to grasp yours. We reach first to the west and then we reach to the right to the east, which may be the opposite hands for any of you around the world. We see people are coming to the site from France, from China, from Singapore, from the District of Columbia, from Australia. And we welcome you all to our circle, our circle of love. Now let us all join ourselves together in a common mellow, mellow feeling of love, pulling the air up through your body, getting yourself ready for this morning's program to participate. Let's send love. Let's send love to everyone so that we have a solid band glistening around the universe, effervescent, full of love going around, going up and down and around, longitude, latitude, we're sending love. And imagine this planet suddenly being encased with love, which is possible if each one of us can live in this revolution and spread it. And can you 
I can't even envision how the world would change if we looked at each other with softer eyes, with love, with caring, with compassion, recognizing that that person may be having a bad moment, which doesn't mean they're a bad person. So now let's breathe in and... Bob, I will try to put on this music one more time. I don't know if it's going to come, but we'll give Detloff shorter a good chance again. But whether it comes or not, let us pull our thoughts and energies together and let's love one another. Let's think about love. I can feel you. I hope you can feel us. I believe you can. Feel the glory of the moment. And now let us all exhale together in all as Bob begins this program for us. This is his topic. May the universe bless his word as it touches each one of us in its unique way and helps us to go forth in this week more. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. You're on. Have we, all, have we all taken the time the last couple of weeks since Mara spoke a couple of weeks ago about gratitude to make sure that every day that we say thank you, whether we live alone and we just say thank you to the universe every day out loud for having um, been given the opportunity to be alive for one more day or to your significant other or your children or even your dog or cat say thank you thank you for being here thank you for the positive things that happened today so i hope that we all are remembering to do that the some reason i was led uh in the last couple of minutes before the show i kind of thought that i would we started out the year with a quote by yogananda where his master said to him that um I do not expect anything from others, so their actions cannot be in opposition to wishes of mine. I would not use you for my own ends. I am happy only in your own true happiness. I think it's important that we remember that, and that's kind of my theme for me for the whole year, is to remember that everyone deserves to be happy and that I'm not the master of anyone else's happiness, only my own, and that I... I'm only truly happy when someone else is happy. So I kind of came up with this topic, you know, looking retrospectively, looking back at this or having talked about this, that discourage and insecurity, that they're impossible in the light. And for me, I have, my particular struggle is that I tend to be what, what one might call a planner, Everything that I do, I have planned out step by step in my head. If I'm going to be doing something tomorrow, I'm trying to think ahead of time what I'm going to do. I plan it. I know when I'm going to do it. I know what I'm going to say. I anticipate the responses that are going to be coming back out of what I say so that I can be prepared. And, you know, that may work well for me because 
I, I tend to do a good job at what I do for a living, but it may not be good for me spiritually because I get discouraged and I get insecure because I'm not living in the moment because I'm thinking so much about what's coming up or thinking about what I could have done to have changed what already happened. And I'm not living in the moment and not taking the time right now to think about the moment that I'm actually in. So I just thought that we would kind of talk a little bit today about living in, as we always do every week, I think is about living in the moment. But, you know, not being discouraged and not being insecure and what is courage and what is security and what does it mean when we put those two or three other letters in front of them because it's, you know, if you look at most things today, most words, not things, at most words, you can separate them apart and find other little words there that, that really maybe will give you a better feeling of what that word means. And if there's anyone out, of, out there listening live today, we would invite you to call in and talk about how um, not living in the moment has cause discourage and insecurity in your life and what you do to overcome it. And our phone number to call in is 646-595-3584, and we welcome any callers. And while we're waiting for the callers, you will notice that I put a question mark at the end of the um, title. And the reason I did is because I think that being in the light does not mean that we are not humans. And being in the light is, if we're really lucky, a 99.9% of the time thing. But as my master Yogananda said, he used to cry every month when the bills came to pay for the electricity and all other payments associated with the Self-Realization Fellowship. This is a man that was so much in the light that he could manifest in front of himself and in front of you that he basically decided the second he would die and his body is still preserved. So, I mean, truly, truly in the light, truly, truly a messenger. And yet he had moments of angst and unhappiness and dissatisfaction and dis-ease, moments of discomfort and insecurity, fear. They're part of the human condition. I think that's why babies cry when they're born. The soul for the first time in this form, in this body, is suddenly assaulted with the fears of the human form, fears of not being enough. And I pulled a passage from Yogananda's book, Where is the Light, today that I think is particularly compelling. I'd like to add it to the mix that Bob has put out today. A common cause of spiritual discouragement is the devotee's expectation that God's response will come in a great blaze of awe-inspiring inner illuminations. This erroneous notion dulls the devotee's perception of the subtle divine responses that are present from the very beginning of one's meditative practices. God responds to the devotee's every effort, every devotional call. Even as a novice, you will realize this in your own seeking if you learn to recognize him as the quiet, inner peace that steals over your consciousness. 
This piece is the first proof of God's presence within. You will know it is he who has guided and inspired you to some right decision in your life. You will feel his strength empowering you to overcome bad habits and nurture spiritual qualities. You will know him as the ever-increasing joy and love that surges deep within, overflowing into your everyday life and relationships. Therefore, God is present right on the throne of peace within you. Find him there first, and you will find him in all noble pursuits of life, in true friends, in the beauty of nature, in good books, in good thoughts, in noble aspirations. When you know God as peace within, then you will realize him as peace, existing in the universal harmony of all things without. I think that kind of says it all because it maybe gives a little definition to the moment. Maybe not enough to close the program, but <laughs> certainly it, it puts it all together, that God's around us in everything and every time. So is there anyone out there who's thinking something about that, who's basically finding that moments of disease are difficult to let go of? Bob, what was going on in your life this week that prompted you to think of this topic? If you can share. Wow. You know, just a lot of little things, a lot of... um a lot of little drama, <laughs> really. Uh, sometimes a lot of those you let a lot of those little dramas add up into a bunch of them, and you become discouraged, and then you start to feel a little insecurity. And I typically think that I get discouraged. When I get discouraged, I start to feel insecure because I'm discouraged, not necessarily because I should feel insecure, because there's probably no merit to my having gotten discouraged in most times and definitely no merit in feeling insecure. But kind of getting me back to... I've been on the road for the last four weeks, been away from home, been away from... I've been very fortunate in that, that I got to spend time with Mara, I got to spend time with my family, I got to spend time with friends in Santa Fe, and I was able to um, accomplish some things for work. But... Being on the road for that long, it gets it wears on you, I think, and it kind of just drug me down this week. The that's probably the the the, the, the gist of it. But yes, but I but I do want to tell you, thank you for one other thing. Is that um, she had, Mara had given me a gift of a DVD from by Dr. Wayne Dyer, and. Um, changing thoughts to change your lives or something along those lines. I apologize. I know I should have written down exactly what it was or had it here, but again, that's the gist of that title. And in that, he was talking about um, everyone having that sacred place in their home that is where they go to meditate or where you go to do your breathing exercises or go to do yoga and it, it doesn't have to be, you know, don't think of it as an altar, you know, that you see in a church or something. It's just a place where you feel good and there's things there that make you feel good, like pictures on the wall. Or I have my uh, collages on the wall and some a couple paintings, very simple paintings, and then a table where I can sit with 
incense going and some rocks and some candles and some crystals, and it's just uh, part of my office. I mean, I can turn my back to the desk where the computer is at, and I can have that little area. So it doesn't even have to be an area that that you know is totally separate that you need to go to. It just needs to be part of a spot where you could go to where you kind of have that that oneness with with love or that oneness with the universe and I think maybe I was missing my little spot because when you're when you travel a lot you you can't I obviously can't take all this with me and maybe that's part of what my lesson needed to be is how do I take that with me the um, so I would encourage everyone to make themselves a little spot where they maybe put a little fountain maybe um some candles. Nothing doesn't have to be anything fancy, just something that makes you feel good, makes you feel connected to the universe. It's interesting because one of the things that Yogananda has at the Self-Realization uh, Fellowship uh, website is you can actually buy a little portable altar thing. And it's, it's pictures. And, but I used to, when I traveled a lot, and there was a time when I traveled extensively across the country and my days and nights were all confused, I would always take that with me and I would always set it up beside my bed. And then with that, I had a couple of, of stones. And I think I've handed the stones out over time and I'm not sure I have them anymore. I have a them. couple. Okay. <laughs> you hand it off. All right, but, you know, because I like to give things away that give me peace because hopefully a little bit of my energy goes with those. But um, I found that made every hotel room, every friend's bedroom uh, a place of uh, serenity for me, a sacred place. And I want to commend to all of our male listeners, uh, and female, of course, too, but uh, the Changing Your Thoughts and Changing Your Life is a phenomenal series by Wayne Dyer. I have not listened to it, I will tell you. I, I kind of just sense and know things. I've heard a little bit of it, but I have given it repeatedly to my male friends as gifts. And I think that Wayne Dyer just touches whatever it is in men that is different than what's in women. It's a good series for women, but it's a phenomenal series for men. Without fail, my male friends embrace it. In fact, I have one friend that I gave a series of CDs, uh, listening CDs. He plays them every day on his way to and from work. Every day he listens to them as they guide him in his inner principles, his inner decisions in staying in peace in the moment. Phenomenal, phenomenal. So, ladies, I encourage you to listen too, but I really, really want the men who are listening to think about expending some money to, or spending some money, excuse me, to purchase uh, any part of this series because you can get You can also easy. catch them on PBS a lot of times too. Good point. And he does a program on there, the same one. So, I mean, there's lots of places to hear this. In fact, I heard him first on PBS. And so you don't even have to spend a penny. You can go probably, PBS has all this stuff archived on the Internet. And probably you can, you can watch most TV on, t on, on, on the Internet now, just like you can hear our show on Blog Talk Radio at any time. Exactly. Exactly. Now, slipping back, if we can, into that concept of being discouraged and feeling insecure, 
I think it does probably have something to do with our physical environment, not having necessarily that place of peace, because I have to tell you, I, like you, Bob, always feel happy when I get back in my own space. And um, But I think that it also has to do with our mental thinking processes. It has to do with our impatience, once again, putting uh, two little letters in front of the word patience, um, our expectations are not seeing a moment as what it needs to be and many times not seeing more in the other person who is talking to us or acting with us uh, than they are showing us. In other words, we're judging the events around us and pretty soon we get caught in like a swirl of negative energy about what's going on, and I've been there. I've been there. And pretty soon I'm judging someone else's conduct and I'm getting myself all worked up. And I'm getting unhappy. And and pretty soon I'm starting to step past the peace that I'm in and I'm moving into this kind of chaotic thought process of somebody, almost as though paranoia has stepped in. I think it's a phenomenon many of us go through. And pretty soon, so-and-so, Bill is thinking exactly what I think he's thinking. And let me tell you, my friends, we never know exactly what someone is thinking. Never. The only person who knows what they are thinking is that person. And I'm sorry to tell you this, you can't even trust what they say they're thinking. As someone who sometimes gets in people's minds, I will tell you I'm surprised at what is coming out of their mouth as opposed to what they are thinking in their head. So there are millions and millions of people on this planet, and each one of those people is approaching the moment from his or her place. And it's how how we what you said at the beginning of the show, and it kind of ties into one of the quotes that I have for today is that you take that first breath and you scream because it's fear. And I have a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, and she says, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You must do the thing which you think you cannot do. And maybe, quite simply, that could be living in the moment and not judging others because your fear... I don't think we have a fear of judging others or a fear not to judge others, but the things that are causing us to judge others and to judge ourselves even maybe is fear because there's other factors out there that are leading us to to make those judgments. So it's maybe taking that fear and confronting that fear and doing what you really know you should be doing deep down because most, most of the time I think we really know what we're supposed to be doing. We, but we allow what other people say to influence us or we allow our fears and insecurities to influence us. I think you're right. I agree with you. I think we do. Uh, we intuitively know. I, the one thing that we... I was reading some of what I had posted on my blog the other day. I don't know why somebody had from France or somewhere had gone and read it and I wanted to think, well, what is it that I said... And interestingly, it was about judgment. And it was, it was about the idea that um, 
we judge ourselves, we judge others, and generally we start from a common spot in those judgments. The insecurity of not being enough. I think that if we look at life, we'll find so much finds its genesis in that. And so we start with the idea, we don't feel like we're enough, therefore we don't, we don't act like we're enough. And we believe other people are reacting to us as though we are not enough. I'd like to give you an example, if I may, of, of something that happened to a friend of mine this week. This friend was involved in a dialogue with his employer. And he believed he was unhappy with how the employer was acting. And because the employer was basically dig, digging deeply into some events that were already done. And it offended him because it was as though they didn't trust his judgment and know that nothing untoward had happened. And yet, if you flip that, he could have embraced that moment. He could have believed this is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for me to show them that I am who I represent I am. I'm going to be vindicated. Search as deep as you want. Search as far as you want. You know, we hear that in television programs. We see that in books. And yet it's it's something that, you know, it's, it's almost... Um, a hero, hero or heroine type stance. Go ahead and look. You're not going to find anything. What security there is in those words. And insecurity arises because of our own sense of inadequacy, our own fears about how other people may evaluate our actions. There are two lessons in this friend's experience. One is it was done. No matter how somebody was going to interpret careless words or casually spoken words, they were already said. So there was nothing you could do to change them, so don't lose your moments, peace. And the other thing is have confidence in yourself. Believe you are enough and that you act as your highest self. And if you didn't, guess what? You now are going to learn, wow, I better be a little more careful in what I say because somebody might misinterpret my words. So grow from it. Embrace the present as an opportunity to grow. So what do you think about that, Bob? I think you're exactly right. And I was that friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't going to disclose that. <laughs> that was the secret. <laughs> yeah, now the secret is out. <laughs> I didn't say what brought me to exactly to the, I just called it a bunch of little dramas, but you've, you've, you've uh, developed that storyline a little better than I did. I appreciate that because I don't think I could have said it that well without, I don't think I could have said it that well. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> sure, sure. And the thing about it is your feelings were hurt a bit. Is that fair to say? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, and so here is Bob, and, and I told you all about my feelings about Bob, but here is Bob, a really heightened six-sensor. And for those of you, you can't see us, okay? I'm, I'm an older part of this duo. Bob is this young, vital, young man in a world where, for the most part, most men, exception, 
Wayne Dyer, and there's a few, Jerry Hicks, uh, or that may not be his first name, that may be his wife's name, but, and, um, you know, Neil Donald Walsh, but we just don't hear a lot of men out there who admit that they have heightened six senses or that they they connect with the universe, that they take the deliberate effort to make an appointment with God in the same way that they make an appointment to watch the Super Bowl. And somehow we as a society have segregated things, and so if you're uh, if you're doing X, then you're not doing Y. So if you like football, you're not, you, you don't like, you know, you're not giving this appointment time with God, which is totally incongruous and not true. But here's Bob, this young man, heightened sixth sensor, and yet he wasn't trusting who he was and was in such disease that the world seemed in chaos. Is that fair for me to say? Certainly. You know, and... Part and of being human. It's part of being yeah. human and letting... And and part of having feelings and not... And not sometimes separating what what you perceive as... To, like you said, you, you what other people say... You said earlier, you know, what they're saying may not even be what they're even thinking. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So exactly. I think knowing that, that, you know, even though you might be talking to someone, what they're really thinking isn't what they're saying, and it's not necessarily that they're lying. Mm-mm. It's they don't know how to even express how they really feel about something. Or there yes. may be a reason that they can't. Yes. Or it may be that they are not they are not willing to embrace how they are thinking right now because they recognize that there are stresses and strains that are influencing their thinking process that is making it different than it would be if they were in a calmer situation if they were in their places where they practice serenity if they were, you know, with their altar. So, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of influences. When, when I'm saying that, you know, there are times when I know, and I don't like that part of me, by the way. I don't walk around reading everybody's mind, and it always is a shock when suddenly I do, and especially when I just know with absolute certainty that I'm right. <laughs> so, I mean, there's no way out of it. And I think Bob can attest that I'm when I say it, I and that I know it. I am right. I do know it. But um, and sometimes it makes me angry. <laughs> yes, I bet it does. <laughs> I bet it does. You know, and it's like, oh my gosh, why do I know this? And but in the process of knowing that, I I many times will see like like these vibrant colors. It's hard to explain, but it's like this vibrancy of emotions going through the person's mind. And they're trying to say, okay, I feel this way right now, but I don't want to say that because I'm not sure I'm going to feel this way tomorrow. Or I want to give some time. And I see the really people who are more enlightened, they want to give it time to develop in their mind, to grow to to become what they want to say, to what who they want to be. And so I see that kind of like this flashing of, uh, you know, when your computer screen is trying to, might be having a problem and it's flashing in and out, in and out on the Internet, you know. It's that kind of thing. And I, so I get a sense of what they're really thinking, which may be a lot of anger, and then I hear their words, which are very peacemaking. 
And, uh, you know, it's kind of like stranger in a strange land, those people <laughs> who, who could see the truth of what was going on. It's, it's really odd. But for the most part, I see people wanting to make a decision and to say the words that are going to create a better tomorrow for them, self-motivated. I think Miguel, um, Don Miguel Reese uh, really covers it in the, in the four agreements when he talks about the idea that each one of us has a different perception of the world. And so we see the world based on all of our experiences and perceptions. And I guess the thing for me is the realization that we don't need to bind anyone to their precise words today, but we don't need to presume that their motivations are less than noble. This last week, I, I had an opportunity to announce to my boss that I was changing jobs. And that was an emotional time for me, and it was an emotional time, I think, for him. And how do we go about doing that? You know, and I wanted to set the stage by letting him know that I wasn't looking for this job. It came to me. But that I was overjoyed at the prospect of it being offered to me. Because, you know, there is, having been an employer myself, you know, you don't like to think your employees are out there looking for work. It, it cuts against your personal grain, right? It's like it makes you less than, or you feel like it. It shouldn't. That's silliness. Everyone needs to serve themselves. But I was all nervous, and I hope this is a good example. So when I got to the office, I went in his office. I couldn't talk to him right away. And I opened the door and I said, can you believe this? And he turned and he looked at me and any concerns that were on his face were erased. Because he saw the elation that I had and also my total shock and dismay that in a matter of a very short time, all of this had been offered to me. And then there was nothing wrong with him or where I work. It's, this was an opportunity of a lifetime. And that's what I see many times in people's minds. They're looking for the right words to set the stage for the future between them and this party. I think the most amazing part of that whole situation there really is goes back to a couple shows ago when we talked about manifestation in that you manifested, and you didn't, man, you didn't, I know you, so I know you weren't manifesting a new job. You were manifesting a job where you were happier. Yes. And Exactly. It didn't matter to you whether it was in your same job that you were in or if it was a new job, you were open to that. If it was uh, people getting along better, so to speak, in your office and making things more peaceful and more more serene place to work, a better work environment... You were all for that, too. It didn't matter to you how you got there. Exactly. <laughs> Manifested and said, this is what I want. And I envision myself getting to a point where I love to go to work every day. And, I, and it wasn't anything to do with getting a new job. It was just, no, you're exactly right. That's what happened. You're, you're, it, you, it manifested itself because of your, you visualizing that new position. Yeah, you're right. It did. It did. 
and and then you know it's it's like now dealing with it because what can be a very troublesome uh a discouraging time for someone else or a time of insecurity you know has turned into just a wonderful manifestation of the light i mean huge you know so you know we all have these things my friends we all have these instances in our life when everything that's brewing around us can just pull us into the middle of uh quicksand or a whirlwind and we lose track of of our value and and realizing that we need to make wise decisions for ourselves and then in the process that those decisions will set the stage for the remainder of our life uh or because remember we really are one second at a time until we change them and we can do that too I don't know, Bob, have we ever shared the four agreements, just the synopsis of them on the program? I'm trying to think if we, we we've have. Read, like little bits of it, but I happen to have it sitting right in front of me now that you asked. Perfect. I could, I could do Perfect. that. There's basically uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. was uh, He is a Toltec from Mexico, and there's four agreements that he has or has been given to him to share with us. And the first one is be impeccable with your word. And in that, he says, speak with integrity, say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. Again, and be impeccable with your word. That's the first of the four agreements. Wow, huh? Yeah, the second is even, is, you know, it's, if you can do that, the first one, you're way ahead because the next one is really the one where where uh, yeah you could become discouraged and insecure. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't take anything personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, say that again. Don't take anything personally. Wow. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and action of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. The second agreement, don't take anything personally. Once you've been able to do that, then the third agreement, don't make assumptions. In not making assumptions, you find the courage to ask questions to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and the word that I've used a few times today, drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. The third agreement, don't make assumptions. Can I interject quickly into that one? And that really goes to the idea that you set the stage for how other people are going to react to what's going on. And if you approach a moment that causes you fear and trepidation with an open heart, and embrace it as positive, the people around you will react to that and will start adjusting their thinking, which is what I was describing in the mind, to match yours because they aren't going to want to take away from your joy and say, wait a minute, you shouldn't be happy about this. Go ahead, Bob, excuse me. To me, if you're impeccable with your word, those around you will recognize that you are. And they're not going to take things personally because you will have said nothing personally 
towards them, and they'll know that, and they'll start being impeccable with their word as well. Yeah. But the yes. fourth agreement is always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstance, simply do your best, and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. The fourth agreement, always do your best. Yes, yes. Beautiful, beautiful. I mean, please, I, I hope that you'll, you know that you can move that little line thing if you're listening to this in an archive mode and if you're not listening it to it in an archive mode, go back and do that and just capture those four agreements or look them up on the internet. They are phenomenal. They are phenomenal. We are so fortunate that we live in a day and age where information is so readily available. You know, last night I had someone IM me and as you were reading the four agreements, Bob, she was having she was talking to me about issues that she was having with her ch- child and how much she loved him and how concerned she was that he might make a decision to go live with his father and wow. i said you know and oh she was frightened at that prospect that she was going to lose this child that she had made such a phenomenal life investment in and now he was going to just blow it away just like children do blow it away and as we were talking, you know, uh, I would say, and she told me things, it quickly became apparent to me, I sensed, that her son didn't really feel very good about himself, that he felt that he was inadequate. And then on top of that, he has obsessive compulsive uh, tendencies. He's aiming for perfection. My friends, whenever you're a perfectionist, you are not going to feel like you're enough because it's impossible to be perfect. Probably one of the greatest life lessons I've ever had is accepting I don't have to be perfect on this planet. It makes things so much simpler. But anyway, having been there, I understood his tendency, but now I'm starting to listening, listen to her, and I said, well, if he tells you he's decided to leave, tell him that you respect his decision and that you will always be there for him because you respect him as, a, as the man he is becoming. She said, oh, but he has tirades, and he's angry, and he's this, and he's that. And I said, I understand that, but he knows those things. That's why he doesn't feel like he's enough. He needs someone to start telling him particularly in words what is great about him. What is great about him. What you respect. I said, he you need to remind him that he needs to study in school if he goes to live with his dad. Well, I tell him, you know, that uh, he has to study. He can't miss a grade. And I said, well, have you thought about reminding him that in our society, men are expected to take care of their children and that if he doesn't do well in school, he's going to get minimum wage. And this is what it costs for you to pay the rent and pay the utilities and buy the clothes and do these things for your family, and minimum wage doesn't touch it. Yeah, too many times parents talk to their children about, here's what you need to do, but they don't explain why. Exactly. They don't wrap that around the whole picture of everything. It's just because I'm your mother and I said so. 
Exactly. And, they, and, you know, and she'd say, well, when I would tell her, and, and tell him that you respect that he's a sensitive person. Well, I don't want to tell him that when he's tirading. I said, so tell him that when he's not. Tell him that you respect how smart he is and that his wisdom, and you respect the young man that you see coming. And, and she said, well, I always tell him to be his self. And I said, but here's the thing. We sometimes aren't precise enough with our words. When you tell someone to be their self, if they think they are not enough, then what are you telling them? To be who they think they are, which is not enough. But instead, if you start nurturing the positive thoughts about themselves, as I did with my friend Bob, don't worry about anybody looking. You have nothing to hide. Look at the man that you are. That's a whole lot different than don't worry about it, isn't it? Definitely. It certainly is. And so that's, you know, I think that friends, Don Miguel Reese, we, we're becoming like a book club here, but Don Miguel Reese, four agreements, simple reading. You can, but the four, just knowing the four agreements that Bob gave you today, phenomenal, phenomenal life lessons and how to deal with discouragement, how to deal with insecurity, how to come to remember and know that you are enough. Because when you make that recognition, I am enough, and move into the moment, into the glistening light of the moment, you know such peace. Yeah, as I started getting ready, I actually... Actually, I don't usually get, quote-unquote, get ready for the show until the morning of the show, but yesterday I had sort of a de- uh, a good number of hours alone at home, and I kind of just went to my spot and meditated and started to uh, get ready for today's show and said, you know, well, I'm going to try to do this ahead of time and see what happens, and I think maybe more of what it was was, you know, to come over some of the discouragement and insecurity that I felt over the week. And it led to me to the topic for next week. And I want to kind of close with what the topic will be and kind of give us something to think about. And it ties so well with uh, what Mara read from Yogananda this morning. And the topic next week will be compassion. And I, I think what, you know, you have to show compassion to someone or to yourself even and practice compassion in order to not be discouraged and in order not to be insecure. But I just want to read something from a speech that the Dalai Lama gave at one point. And he said, As a Buddhist monk, the cultivation of compassion is an important part of my daily practice. One aspect involves merely sitting quietly in my room, meditating. That can be very good and very comfortable, But the true aim of cultivation of compassion is to develop the courage to think of others and do something for them. Certainly, it is easier to meditate than actually do something for others. Sometimes I feel that to merely meditate on compassion is to take the passive option. Our meditation meditation should form the basis for action, for seizing the opportunity to do something. The meditator's motivation, his sense of universal responsibility, should be expressed in deeds. So, while we're here on the the radio and we're 
leading people through meditation, let's not forget that through meditation, it's going to certainly make it easier for you to think of compassion and to practice compassion. But don't forget to practice it. We've got to make sure that we don't just meditate and not practice what we need to practice. It's it's a verb. We need to we need to take action on it. Exactly. I love that passage from the Dalai Lama. Before we move into hearing uh, Yese Dorje uh, with the next step, uh, I would like to just simply add to that, if I may. Um, Certainly. That we, when we lead with love, we often get love back. And when I was trying to describe the drama that I sometimes see going on in people's head, it was their making a decision how they wanted to lead. And I will tell you, there are many times that I have seen people lead with love who were uh, actually feeling anger, but there are also times when I have seen people lead with anger who were feeling so much fear that they completely were blocking the light, the effort of the universe to communicate with them. And I so appreciate the opportunity to share my thoughts with all of you, to join with Bob, whom I consider to be a very enlightened, transformed soul, and share this message of love. And what we are all about here is love. And with that, I'm going to say namaste, my friends. May love enfold you and peace be with you. Bob? Have an excellent week, everyone, and peace be with every single one of you. Go out and practice compassion this week, and we'll talk more about compassion next week.